0: Today is the third Sunday after the festival of the Epiphany, and the gospel being appointed for this day is taken from the eighth chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, beginning with the first verse. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one. But go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. In the collect which is appointed for this day, the church confesses her reliance upon the mercy of the Lord to provide for us day by day in our needs, in the midst of this life, calling upon our almighty and everlasting God to mercifully look upon our infirmities and in all our dangers and necessities to stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty to help and defend us. Thus we continue to see the manifestation of the Christ in the gospel appointed for this day. The Lord was raised in the midst of family life and blessed the bond of marriage. Now we see him in our ongoing necessities, watching over the faithful and providing that which they need. First, in the Gospel reading, we behold the faithful leper. We know of several instances wherein the Lord granted healing to this class of outcasts. The leper had lost all standing in society on account of his disease and his ritual uncleanness. This leper, beholding by faith who Jesus is, came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The leper offered his prayer in the same way in which we hear Saint heard St. in last Sunday's Gospel. At the wedding feast at Cana, Mary's prayer was simply, They have no wine. She trusted that her son, who is also the almighty and everlasting Son of God, would understand her petition and answer it. Now we hear the leper. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The prayer is simply an observation of the almighty power of God incarnate, whom he worshipped. It is manifest what he desired of the Lord, but in faith he trusted that the Lord would hear, and hearing, Answer this prayer in a manner which glorified God. The Lord Jesus spoke his will, and it came to pass. I am willing. Be cleansed. He accompanied this word with his touch. Though the man was ritually unclean, the Lord not only allowed such a one to draw near to him, but he touched that unclean man, taking away the affliction which burdened his body and divided him from his fellow men. Testimony is still given of fulfilling that which Moses commanded, but by faith the man is already at peace with God. Second, in today's gospel, we behold the faithful centurion, who implored the Lord's mercy, not for himself, but for another, that is, for his servant. A servant, we must remember, is not a man serving for wages, at least not in this time. The one on whose behalf the centurion addresses the Lord is the centurion's slave, This servant had become a paralytic and was, we are told, dreadfully tormented. We know nothing about the circumstances of his affliction. Thus, they are not relevant for us to understand what the Lord wills for this man. What we are told was that the servant was faithful to his master, for the centurion describes him as a model of obedience. The centurion understood that Jesus is the almighty and everlasting God, for he confessed that Jesus had but to speak a word, and all of creation would obey. In fact, the centurion offered his own authority as a comparison from the lesser to the greater, to testify to his faith concerning the saving power of the word of the Lord. For he declares, For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, Go, and he goes, and to another, Come, and he comes, and to my servant, Do this, and he does it. It is enough for the one having authority to express his will. The mark of those who are rightly ordered under the one having authority is that they fulfill the word which is given to them. For the man who has such authority is enough to express his will and therefore see it fulfilled. Thus, if Jesus simply expresses that it is his will that the servant will get better, it will be accomplished. Now, this is an expression of profound faith. Thus Jesus marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Such faith is a surrender to the will of God in all circumstances, and which simultaneously calls upon the Lord to aid the need in the needs of others. Jesus, who knows the hearts of all men, knew the heart of that centurion. He knew his faith and the motivation for his prayer. The centurion knew himself to be one who was unworthy of any blessing from the Lord. Thus he declared, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. What a contrast to so many people in every generation who imagine themselves worthy and more than worthy and who give no thought to their fellow men except in so far as their own interests are at stake. When we consider this gospel reading, we know that the centurion and the leper, Knew the Lord for who he is, that he is the one who declares in Jeremiah chapter 33, Then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all nations of the earth, who shall hear all the good that I do to them. They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I provide for it. The centurion and the leper knew that Jesus is the one who, according to his divine nature, called all things into being and who sustains and blesses all of creation, even now. Jesus directly intervened in their immediate circumstances, but every day of health, every morsel of food, every sip of water, every blessing of body and soul, above all, the gift of the word, by which they receive the good news of God's love and salvation. All these things are blessings from this one, whom they came to in prayer. It is before his altar that we bring our petitions. Through the regular ordering of this world the Lord provides for us. He orders men in their various vocations so that he would make use of them to provide such blessings to our whole fallen human race. He sends centurions and other instruments of state to work worldly peace and to execute justice. And when they fail in that responsibility, they are answerable unto God. He also sends his servants, the ministers of the word, to proclaim his word and to administer his holy sacrament. It is fitting, therefore, that in the coming days of this week we observe three such three saints' days in connection with such service. First on Monday, the Festival of St. Timothy, then on Tuesday, the Conversion of St. Paul, and lastly on Wednesday, St. Titus, Bishop and Confessor. On the Festival Day of St. Titus, we are reminded in the, in the reading assigned for the day that St. Paul left St. Titus in Crete for a specific reason, that he should set in order the things that are lacking. That is, the divinely established order in the church necessitated that pastors, bishops, be called to the ministry of word and sacrament. Much that St. Paul gave as instructions to St. Titus and to St. Timothy is, are concerned with order in the church. Indeed, the Lord provides other worldly vocations to provide daily bread and all necessities of life. In all of these callings, these vocations in life, we serve God as we serve our neighbor, especially as we serve our brethren in Christ Jesus. The faith of we who are members of the body of Christ is to be after the model of that centurion. Therefore, consider St. Paul's words which are addressed to the Romans and which are in today's epistle reading. Be of the same mind toward one another. It's fitting that these words overlap from last Sunday's epistle reading, for we are in great need of hearing them. The state of the heart of fallen man is to be wise in our own opinions and to think little of the needs and concerns of others. But St. Paul goes further, teaching us of our burden for all men. For he wrote, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. If we are tempted to imagine the centurion to be motivated simply by the desire to see his servant healed for self-serving purposes, the testimony of the Lord, beholding the faith which motivates the prayer of this man, sets aside such worldly motivations from our minds. For it is not greed, but responsibility which drove the centurion, together with the faith, which trusts in the power of the Lord. In this world, the centurions are often the Lord's instruments of worldly justice, and upon Christian parents there is the responsibility for order within the home. So, too, the Lord grants the keys to pastors to exercise discipline within the church, binding the sins of the impenitent, even unto excommunication, and loosing the sins of those who repent. But God's word assures us that malefactors who escape their due reward of their sins in this world will not escape the divine bar of justice. It is a great tragedy for the world and Christ's church when we who have been washed with the blood of the Lamb would find it so hard, as much as depends on us, to live peaceably with all men. In the Christian home, tensions between husbands and wives parents, and children, and between Christian neighbors, all bespeak an unwillingness to forego wrath and a desire to settle the scales on our own. Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, this should not be. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Of ourselves, we have made a miserable failure of so living before the triune God and toward one another. Thanks be to the Lord that we behold the Christ manifesting such love and faithfulness as he accomplished our redemption. No one deserves the mercy of God, but as the Lord so willed toward the leper and the centurion, so his mercy is bestowed upon us as well. Jesus did not just heal the bodies of the afflicted. He came to offer up his life unto death so that they and we would have the hope of eternal life. In Jesus' death and resurrection we see a fulfillment. I will cleanse them from all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me. I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned and by which they have transgressed against me. The atonement, which Christ made, is indeed the very center of all the history of this world. It comes when Jesus offered up his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sin, for all sin, upon the cross so that all who believe in him would be made partakers of the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Now that good news is brought to us, distributed to us, through the gifts of God in word and sacrament, which he freely bestows upon us, so that we would believe and be saved. The love of one another, which was impossible for the fallen nature, becomes a fruit of that which Christ Jesus is accomplishing within us. Jesus, ridden from the the grave and ascended to the right hand of the Father, intercedes for us and is our ever-living hope. Those words which Jesus spoke to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. Bring us comfort and peace. By the grace of God, through faith in Christ Jesus, we have this living hope in us. That the Christ who died and rose again is our Savior. In Jesus we have peace with the Holy Trinity and are thus at peace with all his church, not according to our own works, but according to Christ's works, we have life and salvation. The one who healed the leper and the centurion servant is the one who heals us, granting us eternal life, and healing our hurts which would divide us. Thus we are at peace with God, and have our peace with one another. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities, in all our dangers and necessities, stretch forth the right hand of thy majesty, to help and defend us, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to join them today for the 10 a.m. worship service. We also invite you to join us on Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. when we have our regular weekly matin service. Salem is located approximately two miles north of Malone off of FM 308. These broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.